Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the greatest games of the Blizzard. My name is Marcus Spell, and with us is Maciej Ivanski, presenter of TVP Sport in Poland and a member of the Ballon d'Or jury. Welcome aboard, sir. Oh, this is all true. Thank you very much, sir. <laughs> now today we go back to October 1973, Wembley Stadium for a World Cup qualifier that ended England 1, Poland 1. Now, what's made you choose this game, Maciej? <laughs> uh, well, I believe, uh, to be honest, that this is all triggered by Jonathan, who was the guest of the TPP Sports <laughs> show on Kazimierz Górski, who is the coach that actually on the 2nd of March had his 100th uh, birthday anniversary. Coach Górski passed away in 2006, but he still remains called, even not the coach of the century, but the coach of the millennium in Poland. And he's very well uh, respected, loved by the former players, loved by fans, by journalists, practically loved by everybody here still. And uh, 15 years after he passed away, many of his sentences are really alive in the Polish language also. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a, it's, a, it's a strong start, Jonathan. And also, he, <laughs> he, he, he also ended uh, Alf Ramsey's uh, England career as well. So he, he did quite a lot in the, the time he was a uh, Poland manager. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Poland went on, had a great World Cup in 74. Um but yeah, this was the end for Alf Ramsey. It was England's first failure to qualify for a World Cup. There had been World Cups that they hadn't been at before. This is the first time they tried to qualify and and not made it. And I think really that night at Wembley, you know, it it, it stands in in English history. The ghosts of it are still felt of the, this sort of horrendous night of England throwing everything at an opponent and not being able to score, not being able to get the result they need. England needs to win to to go through to West Germany in '74, and being held to a draw. And, and this increasing sense of hopelessness and the realisation that it was yet another a, another moment in England's descent from being the only country that played the game to being not that good at it. Mm. And thank goodness England have not been embarrassed since then, <laughs> uh, which is something that we can all agree. Um, I mean, you're right, England did give a bit of background. They needed to qualify for the World Cup. They, of course, were world champions in 66. Some say they had a better side in 70, where they were disappointed. Uh, to go out in in the quarter final, so they much they were they were a heavyweight uh, in 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 world football. You know, certainly England would would argue, but Poland, where did they sit? Because I'm aware they won the gold medal at the 1972 um, Olympics for for football. So clearly, this was a, a talented side that obviously went on to great things in '74. But in this game, it seemed like it was David versus Goliath. No, oh, certainly. We all know that. And that's why we always, for, for the last almost 50 years, we have treated this game as, as a kind of a miracle. And uh, you have pointed out 1972. Uh, it is very right, because Kazimierz Górski started to work as the national team coach, uh, and it was in the 71. He started from the uh, 1st of January 1970, but it was half a year since he had a, uh, his first game in Switzerland when we had a very good start for two win and uh, then in the in the book published two years before uh, coach Kazimierz Górski died he revealed that what he really liked is that basically all of the best Polish players were playing in the Polish league mm-hmm. if we would have that now we would certainly be playing the Champions League some of our clubs every season which obviously does not happen at all uh, and our club football is, is well, let's just skip it for, for <laughs> uh, But in the 72, we have qualified firstly for the uh, Munich um, Olympic Games. We have won it, beating on the way uh, Soviet Union, 
uh, it was on the day of uh, of this tragical events in, in Munich 1972. So this game was very close to, to even not, not being played, but we have managed to uh, to win this game despite losing 1-0 uh, to, to, to US uh, to Soviet Union uh, at the halftime. Mm -hmm. Then we have beaten Hungary, and you know what Hungary was at that time still, 1972. We have beaten them uh, in the final, and it started a great process. So Kazimierz Górski had a very good background, but of course qualifiers for the World Cup is a very different start. And uh, the first match we have lost in Cardiff, 2-0 down. And then the game, uh, Jonathan says, in Katowice, but technically it was Hozhov, the, the Silesian Stadium, 1973 on the 6th of June. That was the reason that the Wembley game is so extremely, uh, as I even say, it's a legendary game in, in, in Polish football. Mm -hmm. uh, because we have beaten England 2-0 and it, it has never, never happened again, unfortunately, until, until these days. <laughs> uh, so uh, we were able to beat England 2-0 and a couple of things have happened at that time. Kazimierz Górski was obviously a a great coach in terms of coaching from the psychological point of view. He was very calm, very relaxed. He was talking simple things. Uh, he also had full trust of the players. He was previously working as the uh, U21, U23 national coach, so he knew all the background of all the also younger generation coming into the team. Uh, and he was the only one that actually did believe that we stand the chance against England. So a week before the Wembley game, because we have beaten uh, Wales in the uh, second game uh, in Poland 3-0, and Andrzej Strela, one of the assistants of Kazimierz Górski, who, believe it or not, he's 81 and he's the pundit uh, with us on TVP Sports, and I do commentate games with him, e extreme memory, incredible uh, person. He was uh, at Wembley uh, a week before, so we have managed to, first of all, he was there when, you have, uh, when we have beaten um, Wales 3-0, uh, and you were playing uh, also a game and everybody cheered at Wembley and he told that on telly. It's like, I was amazed, like everybody stand up and started to sing God Save the Queen because the resu result, Poland beating uh, Wales, happened that it made the Wembley game uh, important because if Wales would have been uh, better, then, then they would go to the World Cup in 1974 and wow, that would be a result also. So a week before, uh, you have beaten Austria 7-0. And we thought that we are like on the similar level with Austria. Uh, but Kazimierz Górski took our national team uh, to play away game in the Netherlands against Holland. And we managed the 1-1 draw. And that was the point for the team when they thought, if we are going to play away uh, against Holland and we've managed to get a draw and the draw is perfectly good for us at Wembley, why do we all think that we don't have a chance? We do. So it helped the team to, to get a little bit of the confidence. But of course, we know what happened. We know what Brian Clough have said about Jan Tomaszewski. <laughs> we know what the papers uh, have uh, made with the Polish team before the game. And actually, these players, they all knew that. And Kazimierz Górski told uh, in one of his interviews that uh, during the warm-up before the game, the players came back. He usually went with the team out to the pitch to see you know, what kind of boots do they need to wear, etc., etc. But this time he did not. But he said that the players came back very angry and he asked them, what's going on? And they said, coach, do you know, sir, what they are shouting at us? They are shouting that we are animals. So he said, and at that point, I knew that I did not have to motivate my team at all. So it, it was, of course, David versus Goliath. Of course, England had absolutely everything on, on, on their side. 
but we also did have a counter-attacking style, which John knows a lot about, uh, and the process that happened at that time in English football and also in, in, in Europe and Eastern Europe. And we had a lot of talented players uh, that, for them, it was like, you know, the match of their life. It triggered everything. They couldn't leave Poland because there were offers, for example, for Wojciech Lubański from Real Madrid. Grzegorz Lato later was the uh, top scorer of the World Cup. And yeah, Andrzej Sharma... Yeah, Andrzej Sharmak was the runner-up. Runner up. He scored five. Yeah. And, he, and he replaced Jan Domarski, who was the hero at Wembley, scoring the only goal for Poland. So basically, we did have a lot of great players. But it was just a moment. Uh, of course, England could have easily win that game 4 or 5 nil. That could have happened. Yeah, it could be oh so different, Jonathan. Well, I mean, I think that's the, 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 the crucial point, that you can, as, as an England fan or somebody English, you can watch the highlights of the game at Wembley and you can think, well, this was a freak. England were much better. England should have won. Poland defended heroically, but with a lot of good fortune. Tomaszewski had one of those nights. And England somehow, you know, luck was against them. But actually, if you look at the game in Hrotsov, which was, what, six months earlier, Poland totally outplayed England that night. England were terrible. And and that game really showed the, the, the difference between the sides, that, that Poland were the better team. And, and so England lost that game 2-0. The first goal uh, was, I think it was after seven minutes, quite early. But England had gone out to defend. England clearly, well, they knew that if they drew that game, they'd only need to draw. You know, other results going as you'd expect. They'd only need to draw at Wembley. So they went out to draw it. Seven minutes, they, they go behind a near post free kick, which sort of takes a couple of deflections and, and, and flies in. And they didn't change. They just kept playing that same way. And then, uh, I don't know, quite ten minutes from the end, something like that, Bobby Moore gets caught in possession. And... Poland get a second. And that's the end of Bobby Moore. He plays three more friendlies for England, but he doesn't play in any other competitive games. So that game finishes Bobby Moore. And then Alan Ball is sent off late on. And, you know, in those days, a sending off, particularly at the national level, was a, was a disgrace. You know, it just didn't happen. Um, so so that, that was a, a really embarrassing day for England. And this was a chance to put it right. And, and to be fair to England, they, they, they pretty much did everything they could have done to win the game. And... They didn't do it, but the, the damage had been done in that first game. Where were England, though, at the moment? Oh, sorry. Could, could, could we stop yes. for a second? Because yes. uh, speaking about the second goal at that night in Hozhov for Poland, I'm not sure if you know, but what Kazimierz Górski also did with his team is that one of his assistants, the other one, Jacek Moch, still with us, over 80, uh, he was the chief of the Bank of Information, and that was something new. Because like previously, nobody cared about the rivals. You thought only about you and, and, and your plan for the game, etc., etc. And Jacek Mo uh, did have his network of people watching the games and sending out the, the, uh, the conclusions. And one of the conclusions, this is what Wojciech Lubański have said, uh, was that uh, Bobby Moore likes to get the ball to his right feet and play the safe ball to the goalkeeper. On, he just basically waits. So this was no accidental thing. Lubanski just was just waiting for the moment to get the ball uh, from Bobby Moore and then just go and score, and that's what happened. And and this was the this was also the point that basically everybody understood how it is important to know what your rival is doing and what what basically is his idea of playing. And I, I think that's a, a really interesting contrast to England. I think England still had a, I mean Ramsey began to change it, but I think there was still a, an arrogance there. There wasn't great scouting of the opposition. And it obviously was much harder to do in those days than it would be today. You you couldn't just get you know a thousand hours of tapes. You know, you'd have to actually go and watch them, or you'd have to go and find a video somehow. So it was hard, but I still think England lagged behind other teams in doing that. And I think what you see repeatedly 
not just at national football but with club football in the early 70s is that English teams keep getting caught out by teams who play on the break. It's like they can't quite compute that you can win a game by sitting deep and, and then striking. As if you know the, the only legitimate way to play is to, to take the game to the opposition. So, um, I mean, Matt Busby obviously is retired by, by the time this, this game happens, but his, his autobiography comes out, I think it, it comes out for Christmas 73, so it must be pretty much coming out around the time of this game. There's an extraordinary chapter in there where he talks about his theory of football. And one of the things he says is, I'm really glad I never went down the route of the Italians and just defended. So there's still in British football this sense that defending and playing on the counter is somehow not quite right. And again, uh, you have around the time of this game, uh, Liverpool play, play, play Red Star in the European Cup. And they lose 2-1 in Belgrade, they lose 2-1 at Anfield in both games to get picked off on the break. And, you know, not that we had possession stats in those days, but if we had had them, it would have been Liverpool two-thirds of the ball. And so to a British or an English mentality, they've dominated, they deserve to win. But they keep losing. They keep them getting picked off by cleverer sides. And then, of course, when Bob Paisley replaces Shankly the following summer, one of the things Paisley does is to say, look, we've learned, we're not going to do that. And um, the programme notes for their first European game in the Cup Winners' Cup in, in 74-5, Paisley uh, puts in his programme notes, begging the cop, be patient. You, you know, we cannot attack in the way we've always previously attacked. We have to accept that sometime we run off the ball. It's not going to be gung-ho. And you have your part to play, US fans, by not getting on our backs if we're not attacking. And so this game at Wembley, yes, England have... 30 shots, Poland have two. On a normal day, England would have won. But at the same time, this this pattern of being picked off, being caught out on the counter-attack, was something that kept on happening to English teams in this period. All right, chaps. Let's have a quick break, and then we'll talk about the game itself. Back in a moment, everybody. Welcome back to the Greatest Games on Blizzard. Um, Maciej, something that uh, you mentioned earlier was that the England fans were, were shouting... At the Polish players, they were calling them animals, and 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 the goalkeeper Tomaszewski said this in an interview years later. <laughs> he also said in the same breath, "We did play quite violently against England at home." Um, now I've not seen any footage of the game, but w- w- was that the case? Could this Polish side could they be quite stern and quite tough? Well, first of all, uh, they had a little bit of confidence uh, after the draw against Holland away a week before the Wembley mm-hmm. match. That's the first thing. The other one, of course, they were extremely motivated. Kazimierz Górski in 1999 called this game the most important match ever in the history of the Polish football. In, in, in that moment, 90 years now, they are almost more than 100 years of the Polish football. Why is that? Because after Wembley, after we qualified for the World Cup with only 16 teams, uh, we were also noticed by the world. Come on, it was knocking out England out of the World Cup. So the English newspapers have wrote the end of the world. So Tomaszewski, uh, after I, I spoke to him recently, and uh, he basically, what is good, he's saying the same stuff for, for the years. Since yeah, Wembley. I'm sure, so yeah. It, 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 <laughs> well, it we, we interviewed it, him together, didn't we? Which would have been, we did. what, 2004? 2005, yes, maybe? Did. Yes, and, yes, and I, th- I think we should say that his reputation in Poland now is. How would you describe it? You, 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 you go first and see and oh, see if for, I uh, agree. For, well, 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 Jan, Jan, Jan is a, is a, he's like 
against everybody all the time. If you want to have, a, if you want to, if you want to, if you want to have a different opinion, you, you have somebody talking about football and you have a different opinion than Kolyanik. He said, "No, no, no, it's not like that. It's just a completely opposite." But uh, he, yeah, he's, he's, uh, he's what what in um, he's what in England we yeah journalists would euphemistically call good value. Yeah, like, yeah, you know, exactly. that you're not gonna have to wait long to get some good stuff out of it. He's, he's a man at the end of the bar with an opinion <laughs> on everything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, speaking about the bar, after Wembley game, the Polish team have went to a bar, and Les Walczmikiewicz, one of the players, and also Jan Tomaszewski, have confirmed that that they went there. Of course, they were drinking heavily until until morning and celebrating. And the English disc jockey have asked, "Why are you so happy? What's going on? Who are you?" So they told him, "We we are the team that knocked you out of the World Cup." So, as Chmikiewicz has said, the disc jockey went somewhere for a few minutes and got back with the record, with the, with the uh, vinyl uh, record of uh, the England 1966. Some songs uh, by fans, players, etc., etc. And he was keep on uh, putting that <laughs> on for the whole night. Uh, but but Chmikiewicz has said, we really did not care. We were singing <laughs> with them. So yeah. <laughs> we were so so extremely happy. But Tomaszewski have said that because of the early thing that happened during that day, uh, he got uh, kicked in the hand. You remember Jonathan Jan? Told yeah, us that. Alan Clark um, just kind of catches his hand. It's, I mean, it's yeah. a complete accident. There's, there's a, uh, is it? I think it's a free kick, isn't it? Martin Peters plays it across. It's headed back across goal, and and Alan Clark goes in, and, and Tomaszewski goes for it, and Clark obviously sure. kicks his hand. And actually, what's what's really interesting is the referee refuses for ages to let him have treatment. The referee thinks he's putting it on, but clearly, yeah, he he did get kicked. And he was clearly in quite a lot of pain. Yeah, and uh, Mr. Loro uh, also uh, the influence of Wembley game. You know, in two thousand, I, I don't know two thousand one or two. I'm at Polonia Warsaw Stadium, some European game, some early stage of qualifiers, and Michel Loro is the uh, FIFA representative at that game and or UEFA representative at that game and, and the speaker says this Mr. Loro was the uh, referee at Wembley and everybody starts clapping yeah, so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but uh, ba- ba- basically uh, he got kicked in the hand and uh, Gurski have wrote in his book that uh, he asked for a substitution at that time you remember John Jan did not tell us that he told that he felt a lot of pain but it also in some point, it made him concentrate 100%. Yeah, it gave him a sort of adrenaline rush and suddenly he was fearless and yeah. felt he couldn't be beaten, yeah. Yeah, he he, he got so mad that, that he st- suddenly... If that wouldn't happen, maybe he was not he would not be that uh, that good in goal. But basically, Gurski have wrote that he asked for a substitution and Gurski said, no, 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 you're going to survive this. You're staying on the pitch. But, and if you take a look at that game, and I watched this game uh, last week, uh, he gets off the globe, he throws the ball, and and he shouts something and waves to the to the bench. So I think that basically Kazimierz Guski have have got it right that he wanted to get off at that point. But also when they were preparing to the England game, uh, they thought that Tomaszewski is going to get out of the goal many times because of the crosses, yeah, that were going to the penalty area. So they have ordered, and it happened three times that the defenders cleared off the line, and it was intentional. They never did that before. Never in uh, 12, 20 months of Kazimierz Gurski's work, they, they have practiced this kind of behavior. But before Wembley, it was uh, absolutely automatical behavior that when Tomaszewski gets out, two or three defenders are going into the into the goal. So that was one of the things that Kazimierz Gurski pointed and ordered them to do. And without it, it would be, you know, two or three easy goals for England, surely, out of the rebounds. Mm. Well, I mean, England had 26 corners in the game, Jonathan. And... Tomaszewski's starting position for, for some of those corners is quite intriguing, especially late on in the game. So it's just as well. I mean, I love that thought of the manager saying, right, he's, he's going to do it. 
make sure that there's a couple of you back on the line. You know? But I mean, it, you know, England went in with um, yeah, they had Martin Chivers as the as the centre forward, so they had a big target man centre forward, and you, I, I I don't think that was how, or maybe it was. I mean. I think it exaggerated the tendency in Ramsey's football anyway to play to a big target man. There's a lot of those long floated diagonals, which you know, sometimes can be a, a, a sign of a team sort of running out of ideas and you sort of think, just, mm. just punt it forward and hope something happens. But I, I suspect here it was a deliberate policy because England thought Tomaszewski isn't, he's not comfortable, he's not behaving normally. And, and we will, we will, and they, they're right, they did create chances. And for whatever reason, they they didn't go in, and it may may well have been planned for defenders to cover behind the keeper, but that's not a. There's a reason why that's not a standard way of playing, right? It's kind of it's a big big risk, <laughs> and it, well, it paid off. I mean, we should yeah, say but, a few. Oh, sorry. Come on, guys, guys, come on, come on, come on. You say that England had uh, seventeen shots, uh, Th- thirty uh, shots, well, thirty-six if we're no, being precise, thirty-five, but okay. seventeen went 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 on. Yeah, seventeen, oh, okay, were, yeah. 17 <laughs> were, were well, sixteen were saved, and the, the yes. one one came in. But and, and you say that Poland had five shots and two were were uh, and one of the goal of the two uh, the two were onside. But do you know or do you remember or have you seen it that uh, Grzegorz Lato was actually I on I with Peter Shilton, and Peter Shilton did save this situation because mm-hmm. uh, Lato I don't know what happened to his mind at that point because he could easily kill that game and score the second goal for Poland. That's the first thing, and the other one. That Lato was going uh, eye on eye, uh, the the kind of run that gave him uh, the third place, gave us the third place in the world later in 1974 against Brazil, and he was cut caught by uh, McFarland, and McFarland got only a low card for this. Well, that that <laughs> uh, was the law in those days. Yeah, exactly, and uh, that, but he was clapped anyway. You know, years <laughs> later. <laughs> Uh, but basic, but but basically, the funny thing is that the commentator for the time, uh, long time passed away, Jan Ciszewski, also the legendary commentator, because you know, with all these successes, he he has to be a legendary uh, commentator in Poland. Uh, he said, he said, I re- I really cannot. How? Where is the where is the English gentleman? Where, where is it? Where, <laughs> how can it be like this? Where is the fair place? I said, Whoa! That was really that, that was really something. So we we also could score at least three uh, that night, of course, but. Yeah. When we did score, it was, you know, Kashmir Gurski also said one thing, uh, which was changing the mentality or building the mentality of, of these guys. Everybody, every of the players that ever played for Kashmir Gurski are grateful. And they used to say that he was the one that actually made their careers possible, even if they were not such a great careers because they couldn't live for Real Madrid or AC Milan or whatever. You could leave Poland only when you were 28 and you had permission from the Communist Party. That that was the only that was the only thing. Also, Gurski later went to coach in Greece. He won five time championship in, in Greece, and for every year of his contract, he had to has the permission from the from from the actual Polish government or the Communist Party at the time. But basically, uh, they really had the confidence. That they had the plan for that game. Of course, England were far much better, and we all know that. But they were about to get simple things, and this was this was simple football. But also, this was football based on pace on the wings. And if you take a look at the goal scored by Poland, we took the ball away. I, I don't know who, 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 which one of the players actually have lost this, this ball. Norman Hunter. 
You think Hunter was the one that that that? Uh, yeah, it could Hunter be. Got, he got caught because he. Was well, it's it's, it's Hunter who doesn't who who misses the challenge on on halfway because yeah. of yeah yeah he he basically could kick the ball in the touch he tries to kind of stop it yeah. and, and yeah. bring it back. Yeah. Well, he was play. brought in because uh, preferred to Bobby Moore. Mm. Yeah yeah yeah. Well, because he he'd gone to the previous two World Cups and not played a game because mm. Bobby Moore was obviously you know sacrosanct at the time. But you know that we were very afraid that Polish team and the coaches were very afraid of Kagin Kigan, who who are not used at that game. So he was he was an unused sub that evening by by Sir Alf Ramsey. But anyway, if you take a look at that goal, that was a pure counter attack, fast counter attack, oh, and, yeah. and and the goal scored. And this is exactly what we did. And Kazimierz Gorski have taught his players: you need to when you think about the game, you need to start with one nil. This is the absolutely. This is like like the Bible, the first page of the Bible. You need to firstly read this when you want to read uh, it all, and you need to remember that firstly we need to have one nil result for us, and that's what they did practically in every game. Later in nineteen, it was already it was it was so different. Uh, you couldn't even imagine something like that happening now, but not in terms of football. It can happen that we beat England, yeah, but or we we get a draw at Wembley, for example, but. Uh, it will never happen again because this was a team from the communist country, the closed country. It was the 70s. Uh, so much talented players that actually never had the ability also to earn. Because uh, just going back for a second in 1974. So Poland were third in the world and they got $1,800,000 from FIFA for this achievement. Well, it would be, I think, like a $10 million at least now yeah, comparing to... To, to the modern mm-hmm. times. And please guess how many did the team get out of this 1,800,000? I'd be surprised if they got anything. They did, but... Oh, okay. oh they did. Oh, well. uh... $50,000. $50, that was all they got. It's between them for the whole squad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and if you take a look also at their careers, they were huge players, but they would be legends if they would be just able to go go away to the big clubs. They were never, never, never able. Dana did, yeah. He went to Manchester City, but we know that he did not actually suit into English football. So that that's why it didn't work that much. Also, I talked to one of the guys from Manchester City who actually made this deal possible. And one of the problems was, of course, that Kazimierz Dana was not speaking English fluently, so he did not actually accommodate uh, and integrate with the team well. But there was a lot of talent. There was a, On that night, there was a bit of luck, at least, a big chunk of luck on Polish side. But later, in the 1974, they proved that this was a team. They went out to be third in the world. Well, I think that's the thing that surprises me, Machar. When I, when I look at Poland's performance at the 1970 World Cup, as you say, Lato finishes top scorer. Um, his name escapes me, but the, the young player of the tournament is in the, in the, in the Polish side. Wojciech Żmuda, he was just eighteen years old. He didn't. Yeah. He, and, and, and Wembley, he was with the uh, with the junior team. They they played uh, the youth team. They played the uh, day before, and they managed to get a draw. Yeah. And they were and they were the guests at Wembley also uh, as the VIPs, and they were sitting just down there and and, and watching the. The game, and I talked to him, asked him, "Did you ever think that you're going to play at the World Cup?" He said, "No, never. Come on." And he played in four of the World Cups, so he's yeah. So he gets the best young player at the tournament. I mean, that's incredible, as you say. He's you know he's in the junior side for qualifying. I mean, in that World Cup, they beat um, Argentina, Italy, Sweden, Yugoslavia, and Brazil. So I, I suppose, and, and as I said, they won the sort of Olympics in '72. Um, you know, for what that's worth, but I think that is worth something. Of course, it's a gold medal. 
So I'm just so surprised that in this game, you know, does that show the maybe the the psyche of of the Polish people at the time? I know England had big players, you know, Shilton and as you say, Keegan on the bench and Emlyn Hughes and and one or two others, but. Looking at that performance in '74, uh, you know, having won the gold in '72 and, and having some of these players, I'm just quite surprised that it was such a David and Goliath dynamic. It was because basically, remember what the John have said: different times. So, if it would be televised uh, widely, everybody would recognize this team earlier. But even after beating England at home, this was something big. And yeah, the, the, the they'd so, already beaten England. As you <laughs> this is what Kazimierz Górski also have said that after that game. They got congratulated from the whole over the world for beating England. And there was surprise. Like, whoa, so like suddenly the Polish Football Association gets the letters or the telegrams from all around the world congratulating on beating England. So, but still, when they were going to Wembley, they thought that, you know, we are that and England is that. And, and this is obvious. So they had to prove themselves on that night. And what they did actually triggered the whole process. And uh, if we are talking about Wembley, in... I'm not sure if you remember this, but it was very different uh, uh, type of the World Cup in 1974. So the last game of the second round against Germany, West Germany, we had to win and they were good with the draw to go to the final. And uh, this was the game that would surely not be able to, 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 to be on uh, in recent times because the, the water was everywhere. And uh, we call it a match on water, actually. And uh, it is widely recognized in Poland and everybody kept on saying that that if that game would be played on a normal pitch we would be in the final and maybe even win it and you know there was a communist time we were the communist country etc etc you know about it all but I asked a couple of these Wembley heroes what would have happened if they would go to the final uh, because Tomaszewski saved the penalty against the uh, West Germany on the day in Frankfurt but obviously we could not use the pace because of the water. So we were unable to, to play the attacking style we had at that World Cup. And they all told me, if we would have won the World Cup, it would be different. Because we would, we would be allowed to go to the world. Because at that time, the Communist Party would say, yes, yeah, so we are the world champions, so we now want to go and expand the, the, the Poland to, to the world. So prob probably we would see these guys in clubs like Barcelona, Real Madrid, I don't know, Liverpool, etc., etc. So this would be very different. If you... Talk to the people of that generation, they are still alive. Uh, Wembley and then the, that, that Frankfurt uh, game are absolute, absolutely the key points. The funny thing is that the expectations were that high that in 1976, when we lost the final at the Olympics, because we did not qualify for Euro 76, we have beaten Holland 4-1 at home and then lost 3-0 uh, away. And uh, there is a famous picture of Johan Cruyff, you will find it easily on the internet, on his knees in front of Kazimierz Dana. And some people say that that was the best game ever played by Poland. 4-1 against uh, Holland, uh, that Holland. And basically, they lost the final in 1976 and Coach Kazimierz had to go. So, not even three years after Wembley, not even two years after the World Cup. Still, people were so disappointed that, that you know, uh, then 1978, some people say that we had a better team in 1978 and 74, but there was, being was in also... And we didn't manage to get a success there. And in '82 we repeated that third place in the world, and that was it. And basically, in 1986, you remember what happened with Lineker scoring three goals against Poland, and we disappeared from the World Cup for 15 years, uh, 16 years. 
But I mean, so to, Marcus, to come back to the, the initial question about why was the why was it such a David Goliath, mm-hmm. and not just in the build up, but in, in the actual game, you know, yeah. it it, it yeah, looks yeah, like yeah, a yeah. giant killing. Uh, uh, yeah. I think it's easy to overlook the fact because we 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 know what went before, we know what came after, we we know that before this, England were fading. You know, they they'd been well beaten by West Germany in the quarter final of the European Championship in seventy two. You know, they lost three one at Wembley, and Wembley actually is another thing that that I think. It's easy to overlook what a factor that was in those days. England didn't lose at Wembley. They lost to Hungary. They lost to West Germany. I think those were the only defeats to non-British sides at Wembley. I think I think that was still true in '73. So going to Wembley was a difficult thing, and we know that England failed to qualify, not just for this World Cup but for the '78 World Cup as well. So it's easy to think that sort of once 1970 was over, once Ramsey's great World Cup winning side has has faded. Than what was left was was rubble, but actually I think this is quite a good side. Yeah. And and you know, Mick Shannon, I mean of course Mick Shannon would say this. It's kind of he's sort of duty bound to say this, and he, he's a very ebullient, confident character anyway. But you know he he says that for him the tragedy was that Ramsey was sort of hounded out after this, and he says yeah we look at how well we played. We were a great team, and his argument about that game is we absolutely hammered the team that gone to finish third at the World Cup. We just couldn't score a second goal. And and so, I mean, as ever, you know, the truth is somewhere in between the two. But he is, is it's 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 not a question of uh, of England failing to beat Amino or England somehow not turning up at night. England played really really well in this game, uh, and they they just for whatever reason they they can't. Well, I mean, for Tomaszewski they can't score. I mean, Tomaszewski, as unorthodox as a lot of his goalkeeping was, the first half he makes two outstanding saves. Oh. A save down to his right from Colin Bell. Mm-hmm. And then the the Chivers header where he goes back and flicks it over the bar, they they they're outstanding saves. So yeah, the 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 Clough comment about him being a clown, <laughs> there's a truth to it, and weirdly it's almost, almost become more true since he retired from playing. Mm-hmm. And he was unorthodox, but he was also he made at least two absolutely outstanding orthodox saves as well. Yeah, he was quite of a sort of almost like a South American goalkeeper if you think of the great sort of relative geezer at least. There was a touch of that about to his start. Uh, well, basically, this is the game that, of course, 1974 was also the hero time for Tomaszewski. He saved two penalties on the way to the third place in the world, which actually I was surprised to recognize that we got the silver medals for that because there was a gold medal for the winners, uh, gold plated medals for the second team. We had the silver, and the fourth team got the bronze medals, which was Brazil. That's why that's why we cannot say there was we are the bronze medalists yeah, twice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need to uh, say that we were third in the world twice. But Tomaszewski, look in Poland, he is regarded only through Wembley, and this was this was also an incredible night for a, for a man like him because he had to play his first game in the national team against uh, in the qualifiers for uh, for uh, Euro seventy two. And uh, he was the, the 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 one to blame because he made two errors in the game against West Germany in Warsaw, and you can only imagine what did it mean to play West Germany at that time. And uh, he wasn't about to the one to be blamed, but uh, but that's what people thought. And he he could easily end his career at that time. Uh, Legia Warsaw didn't want him because of these errors. And uh, he went to the other club. He rebuilded his career. He rebuilded his uh, also national team career because Kazimierz Górski have given him another chance. So this is like a, this is not a typical story of of just you know I was a player. I played national team. I had a success. Bing bang. Thank you. Uh, goodbye. There was the guy that had to rebuild his career and his life from the ashes. 
And he did that on uh, on Wembley night, and uh, he keeps on saying that it wasn't him. He just was lucky, and he had a great defenders next to him. He's he's in that category is a little bit humble, uh, saying now about about that game, and he gives every, everything to the team and to the coach basically. But yeah, I, I looked at him, and it was. I think what John said is the, the the most true thing to say. It was just one of these nights. You don't know what it is, but it's just this X factor that you are there, you are able to save or to score. It just sometimes happens. You, you you don't actually even know why. And then, so I mean, we should we should actually talk more specifically about what happens in the game. So it's nil nil at half time. Tom Chelsea's <laughs> made these two great saves. Uh-huh. Norman Hunter's hit the post from a mm-hmm. from what, six yards. I mean, it's it's a Roy McFarlane knocks knocks a free kick back across goal. And Hunter sort of coming in, and there's a scramble of plays, and it gets a turn on the post. And then Poland take the lead uh, after 57 minutes. We, we've talked about that. Lato gets past Hunter down the left. And then it's a really bad mistake from um, sure. from Shilton. And, and Damaski's shot sort of goes, go, you know, he goes under his dive. And Shilton said he, he changed his technique completely because of that. And, th- and then uh, within a couple of minutes, England have a goal ruled out, which I have to say. It's not really clear what's been ruled out for. It must be for a push by Martin Peters, but it's it's not a clear push. In today's uh, money, you can see he's a bit all over the defender. I wasn't that surprised. I mean, and, but, to, and to be fair, the whistle goes the whistle yeah. goes before the ball's put in the net, and Shannon scores it. But it's that was a very good refereeing, you know. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> Round of applause. And then sixty third minutes. So six minutes after Poland have taken the lead. So yeah. uh, you know, another couple of minutes after this ruled out goal. Um, Peters goes, uh, he darts past, um, it's Musio, isn't it? He just sort of nudges him and he goes down. I think it's quite a cheap penalty. That's never a penalty for me. Well, <laughs> Not in 1973. Yeah, <laughs> it's basically, it's so they cancel out. I think the, the, the goal that was ruled out was a cheap foul. I think the penalty was a cheap foul. So if one's a foul, yes, the other's a foul. But I don't think either's a foul. And there's that, then that great shot of Shilton. So there's a shot from behind Shilton's goal and Shilton down on his knees, turning away, his head in his hands. As Alan Clark scores the penalty at the other end, and that's just a fantastic photograph. Because I mean, it's, I think yeah. especially fantastic because of the nature of Wembley, the fact the pitch is so far from the stands that mm-hmm. you've got this sense of darkness and this all this action at the other end and the in the foreground, the keeper just not not being able to look. And then it's just England chance after chance after chance after chance, ball in the box, ball in the box, ball in the box. Eventually, Kevin Hector who's come off the bench has an effort cleared off the line, and they just cannot cannot get the winner. Well, uh, the substitution of Kevin Hector, I told you, Poland were sure that it's, it will be Kevin Keegan, and they were afraid of Kevin Keegan. So, so analyzing that game, we also thought that that was the biggest mistake that Alf Ramsey did, because the players were really afraid of the abilities that, that Kevin Keegan could, could do. Uh, but that was his decision in favor of Poland. Uh, also, uh, Kazimierz Górski at that time, because he later said, anytime you asked about Wembley, I don't want to go through that again, ever. So uh, that was also a help for him in terms of being the coach of that team. But in, during the halftime, because let, let's go back for a second uh, until that moment, what Tomaszewski have said. So there's a halftime. They're going to 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 to, uh, to the restroom, all of the players. They're shouting, 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 shouting. Uh, there's a chaos. And Gorski stands, waits four minutes. And after precisely four minutes, he says, gentlemen, please come down. And Tomaszewski has said, and we looked at him like he was just fall down from the space. So, <laughs> so like we are in the middle of the of the hell, and and, and the coach says, just please sit down. 
Gentlemen, what can I say? And we have a sentence in Polish. I will try to translate it. The devil is not as scary as they paint him. <laughs> and that was it. And he didn't say even a single word more. And he got out. So the team gets yeah. out for, for the second half. And five minutes before the final whistle, so Gurski gets on his knees and walks to the to, to, to towards the, 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 the restroom. So uh, the players have noticed that. Uh, they saw that he's going away and asked about it. He said, well, I just wanted to show the referee that we are about to end that game. <laughs> so, yeah, crafty. Well, and, and you compare that to uh, the halftime words of uh, it's Brian Clough, uh, who's in the, who was punditing on the game, said, keep calm, put the kettle on, mother, don't worry, the goals are going to come. <laughs> in a sense, he was right, because there was, there was two goals, of course. Um, but yes, uh, I, I, if I may, I'd like to leave the, the last words to uh, Tomaszewski uh, when he was interviewed uh, years later. And I'm sure you know all the sound bites, Maciej, that he said, I have never watched the game again. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. He did but not. If you have, he did yeah, not. He did not. Yeah, really? OK. Well, then he said, but if you have a game like this, you always remember it in your heart. I can wake up in the middle of the night and remember every minute. And he deserved it. And he, he wrote himself and the whole team, of course, into the into the history books. Um, amazing, Macha. It's been it's been a pleasure talking to you about this game. My pleasure. Um, for more stories like that, you do check out thefoolish.co.uk. Um, but from Macha, uh, Jonathan, and myself, cheerio for now. We'll be back next week with another great game from football. Thanks,